0: IJCast, a podcast featuring conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. I'm your host, Marthame Sanders. On this episode, part two of our conversation with John Hines. John is a pastor, entrepreneur, and is the co-founder of Centerform. A note about our conversation, John and I spoke in early March as the realities of COVID-19 were really sinking in here in Atlanta as schools and businesses began to close. We ended up speaking about the coronavirus quite a bit, but do keep in mind that this was before the broader impact was widely known. John and I got a chance to speak at Centerform. Let's talk about The Hatch. Sure. Um, the Hatch currently on hiatus due to all the things that we've talked about before. Um, but The Hatch is how I first came to really connect with y'all here at Centerform. Uh, tell us what The Hatch is, and then let's talk
1: about it some. Sure, The Hatch is a an accelerator, social innovation, Accelerator. Three so we, great buzzwords. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> so so we take um, the idea of a sort of business startup accelerator, and we take that into the faith meaning sector mm. to help uh, faith rooted entrepreneurs uh, explore ideas that they have in the real world to to work them out to learn about why they. Why they're valuable, why they're important, and to begin to build uh, business models around them. Mm-hmm. So um, there's three
0: kind of nodes of the hatch. So design thinking, lean startup, prophetic imagination. Yeah, let's do like a like like a high level
1: sure.
0: conversation around each of those.
1: Yeah. So uh, the, you know, each of these are their own kind of buzzword. Sure. Um, design thinking was uh, developed. As a way to really sort of systemize the process of design. Yeah. Like, how do we design something? And and for us, um, design is the, when we talk about form, function, and meaning, you know, design is sort of an alignment of form and function. Mm. And if you talk to designers or someone at a design school, they'll say, yeah. Um, but what's unique about design thinking is uh, the human centered aspect of that to mm. really like observe, like, how do, human beings function in their daily daily lives Mm. and how do we build innovations that are that meet the reality of human existence Mm. and so um so i I think it's a beautiful a a, a beautiful thing that has really penetrated i think the business absolutely uh, through and through Uh, and you hear this thrown around and people can you know you imagine sticky notes here and there and people like having all kinds of crazy ideas on a whiteboard. And that's definitely part of it. Sure. I think there is that sort of opening up and imagining, but really the core of design thinking is, is empathy and being able to sort of see other people that are not you, mm. that, that aren't the person designing, but the person actually using the person actually, um, uh, interacting with your product mm. to see them from their perspective to the best that you can hmm. to reimagine the world from, from another's perspective. Hmm. My goodness, like, you know, that's beautiful Yeah, to me. Yeah. And I, I absolutely. think, um, so, so design thinking the way we integrate that into the process is to help people to take their ideas, get it out of their own head and really try to reimagine an idea or a product or a service from the perspective of the, the, person and community that you're building it for. Mm, mm. Uh, And, and we do that by getting people out in the world and talking with people and interacting with them and really trying to take their head out of their own, um, own thoughts and ideas and world and really try to sort of see things from another perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And lean startup, uh, lean startup. Um, Eric Reese, uh, wrote the book on the lean startup and it's a process very similar in, in a lot of ways to design thinking, but it's about how do we build a business around, um, uh, around validating our ideas in the real world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So typically, and I think the nonprofit world ministry world is most susceptible to this. Mm. Um, maybe the business world is as well, but I think the feedback loops are a lot tighter in the business world. Absolutely, yeah. But in the nonprofit and ministry sector, we often think about, I've got an idea that will make the world a better place. And I want to do it for these people over here. And all I need is a hundred grand to do it. So how do I get the hundred grand? I'm gonna make a great business plan. I'm gonna share it with a bunch of really rich people or with my church or Mm -hmm. my denomination or a foundation or, you know, whoever, and they're going to give me money Mm -hmm. and I'm going to build this thing and Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome. And it might be awesome or it might not. The problem is you don't know. Right. And you don't know why it's awesome if it is, and you don't know why it's failed when it fails. Mm -hmm. And lean startup says, no, let's go all the way back before we have the hundred grand, before we have our idea out in the hands of people, let's go out and let's build Uh, something and let's get it out into the world and get it into people's hands and let's hear their feedback and then let's take it back and build something new. Yeah. And let's, let's iterate on it. Let's pivot on it. Let's try something new. And then by the time you have something that is ready to be funded or invested in, you know why it works. You can articulate it, why it works, and you can um, build on that sort of core value that you're creating in the world. Is that and the phrase "fail forward"? That that seems to come out of the
0: lean startup yeah, world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and very honestly, this this podcast is is a product of some lean startup thinking. That um, the the original vision for this, and I can't remember if we talked about this or not. Um, but the original vision was going to be a church for artists. Yeah. And so as I failed forward, I knew that there was a core notion that was good. But how do we iterate that and how do we expand yeah. on that without yeah. expending $100,000 in order to make it happen?
1: Yeah, I think the difference in the business world from what you're talking about sure, um, is that there's sort of an agnosticism in the business world about whether or not, like, you knew something at the core of this was valuable. Sure, yeah you know, versus something at the core of this was profitable. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think yeah, in, in the you. business That's world, helpful. you would say, hey, this didn't work. Let's find out what people will buy and let's mm-hmm. build that. Mm-hmm. Let's build mm-hmm. something people want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of right? a value neutral in that yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. And and I think there's a lot we can learn from that because sure. I think the, ch- the church and faith circles, nonprofit circles, social good circles, we can build a lot of things that are really just great and we love them and they're awesome, but nobody really wants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there's a lot we can learn from that. But on the other hand, um, that's where the prophetic imagination comes into this. Yes, which is the third node. Yeah, that we as people of faith, um, have sort of this authority, I would say, or, um, privilege, Mm. um, responsibility to imagine a world, the world in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, and, um, imagining what the good is. Yeah. Like we have, we have sort of the, the God given, um, authority to say, this is good. Mm. Um, and this isn't, mm. and that's not always clear obviously. Sure. <laughs> and what is good may not be what people want. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, as a quick side note, I, I was at a conference back in, um, maybe in the fall. And someone had mentioned that the top tech companies today, the big capitalized big tech companies today will fit very clearly into the seven deadly sins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think of like, you know, greed, wow, and avarice and you know, I mean, we're, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So I think for, for those of us as faith leaders and in the, as meaning makers in the world, we're, we're called to imagine a world that is, um, that is good. Mm. And that might not be the reality of the world today, um, but we sort of jump over the reality of the world today. Mm. And we say there's something good here and I'm going to find it. I'm going to explore it i'm going to build it Uh, i'm going to create it and then we have to go through the lean startup process and make sure that like people want it right and that it that it can actually be sustainable and valuable in in the real world but but we have a have that ability and responsibility to imagine a future
0: well um would you be game to workshop a little bit like let's let's take something that we we look at and then see if and run it through just a
1: couple of quick kind of versions of these three nodes um well, I would say one thing that will be interesting moving forward is uh, again the phone calls on yesterday. Yeah. Like, what what do we do in the event okay. that this Sunday, right, next Sunday, we get a call from our bishop, or we, you know, or or we hear from the pastor um, that church has been canceled? Yeah. And we don't know how long that will be. Right. Uh, And we're forced now to think of how do we do church without this construct that has been the primary way that we have interacted with Christianity as in a real sort of uh, communal sense. Yeah. For much of history
0: and i know from my own experience as a pastor that you know 90 percent of the effort that we put into ministry is around wor- the worship service yeah. which includes the maintenance of the building the preparation of the bulletins the recruiting of the volunteers well let let you would you mind playing a game with that a little bit and running it through maybe uh you know what what would design thinking say about this this idea that we might not be able to gather as a community
1: so i think for one the the first step is empathy yeah of design thinking. So the question is, is obviously who are we talking about here? Mm. Uh, and, uh, so far the conversations I've had have been with pastors and I, you know, had a conversation, um, just last week, uh, with actually just this this week with a pastor who is in a rural church setting, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and he's like, you know, my, I don't know what we'll do. Like, right. you know, does this mean I get my worship team together and we, I get my iPhone out and we do a Sunday morning, right. You know, worship service. I had another heard from another pastor yesterday. Does this mean I, you know, I'm, I don't feel comfortable stint like preaching into a, you know, behind a pulpit into a phone. What does, what does this mean? Right. So looking at it, obviously from from that perspective but i think empathy building obviously is going to lead us to who else are we are we talking about here what about the um 65 plus who's in that vulnerable category yeah which is a lot of uh, our 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 mainline churches um you know what what does this look like for them what about what is their experience going to be when they're no longer able to connect with a community that for many of them might be the only time they get a hug during the week. Right. Right. Um, or the only time they're able to have social interactions during the week, what does that mean? Um, and they might not necessarily be, you know, on the cool sort of church platform, you know, software platform or something like that. Or yeah.
0: Or even know their way around, you know, Facebook live or zoom uh, conferences or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And or then in a rural setting, not even, basically not having the internet capability maybe to do those not. kind of things, yeah. right?
1: Um, or what does it look like, you know, if they're having to figure out how to get their groceries and, and other things? And so how do we even check in on yeah. people? How do we even it's care It's pastoral for care piece, yeah.
0: John Hines on AIJCast. We'll be back to more of our conversation in just a moment, but first, a quick word. As always, we invite you to visit our website, AIJCast.com, where you can find more information about our artists and our guests. Do keep in mind that many of our artists have had to cancel their events due to the impact of COVID-19. Quite a few of them are taking advantage of platforms like Facebook and Instagram to hold live performances. And of course many churches have moved their community worship to online ministry. We will try and do our best to keep our calendar up to date with some of these events. For others, of course, we suggest you check with local conditions to see whether or not the event is happening. The Thousand and One New Worshiping Communities of the Presbyterian Church USA did give me a chance to present a workshop on resources for online ministry. We have a link to that on our website as well. You can listen to the audio of that conference call. And I do wanna give a big shout out to our friend Terrence Lester over at Love Beyond Walls. Terrence has had a team of folks installing portable washing stations throughout Atlanta for those folks who are experiencing homelessness so that they can keep their hands clean in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. If you wanna support Love Beyond Walls through this work, you can find out more at their website, lovebeyondwalls.org. And of course, you can find out more information on our website, aijcast.com. And now back to more of our conversation with John Hines. We picked up that conversation where we left off with John helping us to imagine how design thinking might be of use to us in maneuvering through COVID-19.
1: Design thinking would start with us looking at everyone involved with us, mm-hmm. And there are so many, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's not just like our church's congregation, but what about the people that aren't in our church? Yeah. The people who are also sort of freaking out, like all of my Facebook feed, you know, (laughs) in the past couple days, you know. Um, Or what about the people who we want to be in
0: solidarity with—the folk who are living on the street and who are particularly vulnerable—the folk who look
1: to churches to provide them with meals and a safe place to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. So, so looking at that from from really trying the best we can to understand what this would be like, the experience of no churches open, you know, for maybe several months. What does that look like from the actual lived experience of human beings, Mm. whether that's the homeless person that gets a meal there once a week, or the, you know, shut in who gets visitations, who's not gonna get visitations, or the young family who is trying, who's pulling their kids out of school and trying to figure out what to do. We're we're just the rest of us who are trying to find meaning in this moment yeah. when our retirements have just you know evaporated, evaporated, evaporated and, 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 yeah. for the second time our, in a very short yeah, you know in a for, in a yeah, decade really yeah. yeah and and we're trying to figure out what does this mean yeah um, and what does this mean for for our world mm. and so I, I think this is one of the most important moments for the church mm. um, but we can't really understand what that means unless we understand it from the real human mm. level of of those around us that's some real deep incarnation right there yeah absolutely yeah and so it begins with empathy uh and then it moves into a defining period and yeah. so you begin to sort of ask the questions around um trying to narrow down what what are we about here what yeah. is it that what is the core question that we're asking yeah here, uh, and, uh, and try to, to frame that question or, or frame that design sort of what we would call a POV statement, yeah, um, yeah. around point, of view. point yeah. of view statement around the perspective of those that we're, we're designing this for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that might be complicated mm-hmm. when, we've, when we've got so many different groups right. and, and we might end up with many right. of these statements or yeah. several of them. Yeah, but the but they typically sort of follow a pattern, and that you know says that that this person, like a a homeless person, needs a way to get a meal, but they no longer can get those meals in a communal space right. like a church because right. those buildings are now closed down, right. and community eating spaces are no longer allowed, right? Or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, and so it's it. it can't be a question or can't be a statement with a simple solution. Right. It has to sort of both inspire um, uh, ideation, mm-hmm. uh, but also to um, sort of define define our thinking. So we are forced to think of it from the perspective of our what we would call our user or, yeah. or that the yeah. human we're creating yeah. for. Um, and
0: then and also if we look at this from the lean startup lens, right? So it's how do we, how do we iterate this idea and find out what works and doesn't work very quickly, right? Sure.
1: So once we go through the process of ideating, right, um, we begin to sort of narrow that down to some really testable, interesting ideas. Yeah. And then we build something. Yeah. Um, and that might be something, um, small, doable, quick, cheap, you know, something that you can pull off. It's a smartphone, Facebook live sermon slash yeah. music, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, okay, you had a soup kitchen at your church. You know, what if you have one volunteer that can distribute things right. spread out throughout whatever, whatever, you know, or you, or you tap into Instacart or something. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are yeah. other ways to, iterate to, it. to yeah. figure out a very cheap, simple way of testing yeah. your core idea. Yeah. And really what you're trying to test is, is the, is the, the value that you're creating. Mm -hmm. And that would be the, from a lean startup perspective, like you're testing, like, what is, what is the core part of this that people are responding to? Right. Uh, and that, and, uh, and so getting that out in the world as quickly as possible. And so that you can, if it doesn't work, you know you've gained so much more than you've lost. You haven't built a recording studio in order to do your
0: sermon. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, it makes me think like, you know, what, what is the, you know, the win-win for hotels that are facing huge vacancies because travel is canceled and conferences are canceled Mm -hmm. and conventions are canceled and people who need a place to sleep. Right. So is there a kind of a win-win possibility there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's tons of, of possibilities and each thing, like what we found through this process and you probably have as well going through the hatch Mm -hmm. is some of the best ideas come after a series of great ideas that have failed. Yeah. Uh, And you know, if you don't, go through the process of failing with great ideas that started out great, but ended up, you know, you know, in a big dust, you know, pile. Mulching. Mulching. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't end up with some great ideas that end up as mulch, you know, you're not going to find that one that will stick. And that one that will stick again, has the potential of changing the world. It'll stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the prophetic imagination piece. Yeah, I I think that's where we as a church are probably most equipped for Mm. in some ways, uh, if we really get to the heart of what we're about. And that's like, well, we imagine what what does the world look like? And this is a great opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah. A great reset button for humanity, a great opportunity for us, you know, like I've always found when I get sick, I catch a cold. Yeah. You know, and I'm miserable for a few days. And if I really do what I should do, which is take care of myself, you know, eat the soup, lots of fluids, lay down on the couch, watch Netflix, you know, <laughs> all that, feel miserable for a few days, and then I start to feel better. Yeah. And I start to feel better and I start to feel better back to myself. Right. And there's a moment in that um of feeling back to yourself when you're when the like the the fog kind of lifts is growing, and, yeah. and you're like, wow, I'm alive. And that's mm. a real beautiful thing. And maybe I can do something different, mm. you know? And I, that happens to be every time I, I catch a cold, you yeah. know, yeah. when, when I start getting back to my, that day when I, I wake up and I'm like, let's do this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm ready to, ch- to jump back in. And, and I think this is a, this is a opportunity for humanity mm to do that. Mm. And I think that's where the prophetic imagination comes in. Here Mm. we go. Like what can humanity be right now? Right. Right. What can we do? Like here's a revelation, uh, through a virus that we are one human body. Right. Yeah. You know, that needs to care for each other that needs rest and restoration that needs an economy that serves people and human beings Mm. that serves our planet in a way that is healthy and fruitful. How can we do that? What can we create In the little seeds that we plant today, Hmm. in the mulched ground, (laughs) keep this metaphor. Yeah, let's keep it. The mulched ground, compost of a you know black swan recession or whatever the heck we're in right now. You know what can we? What seeds can we plant in that ground that can grow into the future that we not only want. But we feel like God is giving us, mm. and that we is given us the ability to imagine. Mm. And how can we how can we go about creating that world?
0: It, well, and it also strikes me that it's that some of this is also about value, right? The very people that we started with when you took the conversation to empathy, when we're talking about the most vulnerable members of society—the aged, the infirmed, the people experiencing homelessness—the prophetic imagination, to me, says these are the very people that we need to be looking out for as opposed to a process that would cut that out and say, well, let's just cut our losses and move on. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the meaning making piece of, of what we do.
1: Yeah. No, we're, we are human beings. Um, I remember my seven year old who, um, sort of has a prophetic streak to her Mm. and the other day she's, she just got to preaching, you know, and, um, and said, so we are human beings. We are protectors. Oh. You know, we are, we're, we're here to protect. And I think like, if, if we can remember that, yeah, that this is, this is what we're about. We're yeah. all in this together. And the most vulnerable among us aren't expendable. They are, they're, they are the ones to be protected most yeah. of all and to be cared for and nourished. And that's, that, that's that's human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that goes back to our most ancient sort of uh inclinations yeah um is to be to care for our our young to care for our old to care for our sick to yeah. care for our dying yeah um to care for our poor um we we are we're human beings and if, and if we can't remember that um the, the world is going to going to become a very dark space. Mm,
0: mm, mm. John, if you had a charge for people who are listening, maybe it's something that the word of wisdom you go to regularly, or it's something sparked by our conversation, what would it be?
1: I think it's this. When we talk about innovation, um, we've been sort of trained to think about technology. Mm -hmm. Um, we've been trained to think about um, lots of money going into lots of high-tech uh, sorts of things. What I would like for people to see and understand is that innovation is is a very human endeavor. And being that it's a human endeavor, um, it is both something that takes our big giant you know, brains that, that we've been given, um, which makes us unique among species on, on our planet. Um, but what also is unique about human beings is our heart. And so innovation isn't just something of our brains. Um, it's something of our heart as well, you know, as mammals, right? We, you know, this, this weird mammalian sort of thing, this communal thing where, where mothers care for, Babies and um, are young, and we care for our young. We care for our community. This, like love, like is a is an evolution that mammals have. Love. Um, we have the ability to to love, and I think I think this is sort of what human beings um, are here for. It's like our next thing, you know. Like we're a big smart ape running around the world that can, you know, create you know, tin cans that can fly through the air and spread viruses all over, you know. But we're also capable of of love on a level that other mammals and other animals ha- haven't, haven't yet acquired. And we're capable of that. And I think if we learn how to harness love along with our brains, you know, but harness those things together that... We can change the world for good, that we can build things and we can create things. We can take what we have, we can take our hands, we can take our minds, we can take all of our technology that we have now and that we will create in the future to serve each other, to serve creation, to bring about a flourishing of humanity and of the world and creation. We can do that. But it requires us harnessing love in a way that we've, we've never done as a species yet. Um, but this is where, you know, I look, look to the Gospels and I look to um, what I see in Jesus uh, as uh, a prototype, you know, as an MVP, as we would talk about in, in a Lean Startup, as showing us what that can look like and uh and if we just sort of extrapolate that out iterate it out to its full potential as a as a human species um that can be phenomenal now i'm i'm a realist <laughs> you know i think this is the ideal that's the prophetic imagination we hold on to that with all that we have and then we work in the nitty-gritty of the realities of the world that are very broken and in our communities and individuals and even selves that are very broken and we try to figure out um, how we can move those those things forward—systems, communities, technologies, economies, and and even ourselves forward. Um, but we hold on with all that we have to that vision of uh, of humanity dominated by the power of love. John Hines, thanks for being on AIJcast. Thank you, Martha
0: John Hines on AIJCast. You can find out more about Centerform at their website, centerform.org. On our next episode visual facilitator Kate Morales. AIJCast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. This work is only possible because of your contribution. So if you're looking for something to do while practicing social distancing, we invite you to take a moment at our website, AIJCast.com, and click on the link that says support. And we'd love to interact with you on social media. We are there on a number of platforms where our handle is AIJCast. Our theme song is written and recorded by the band Mard Fame. Photography support comes from Ely at E-L-E-Y photo.com. And we are engineered, mixed, and produced by the somewhat jowly Al Mudif. Al has deep, fond, nostalgic memories of his days working at 3M.
1: Sticky notes here and there. And
0: I'm your host, Marthame Sanders, encouraging you to stay put and create some beauty of your own. Peace!